0: Hello, and welcome to the show, Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower.
1: I'm your other host, Charles Rogers. And do you want to know a fun trivia fact, Bradley? Give it to me. I will. So, I'm actually going to pose it in the form of a question. Okay. So, what do... The interior spaceship scenes from The Empire Strikes Back and pornography have in common.
0: Ooh, I don't know. Tell me.
1: Uh, They were filmed in the same building. Uh, I just learned this 30 minutes ago, and (laughs) I had to share it, uh, courtesy of my boyfriend, who was like, here's this fun fact. Uh, Now you you also should mention it on the podcast. Yeah, it's called the SF Armory in san francisco and they filmed some of the spaceship interior scenes for empire strikes back there and then for like 11 years it was owned by like kink.com and they shot all types of porn in there it's now like they're turning it into like a social trying to turn into like a social thing I guess, but I felt it was very on-brand for us to open this wholesome, delightful episode the <laughs> discussion of the fact that every time you watch an interior spaceship scene, there's a good chance that someone got railed in the same room several decades later on camera. I, lo-
0: I love that for them.
1: I do. I love that for this. But I have to go to this building now. <laughs> I'll, I'll go to this building, I'll post photos to our social media, and I just won't ever explain it. You'll have to have listened to this particular episode to get it. I think that may be one of our better openings, Bradley. I. You know what? For what we do on this show. I... <laughs> <sighs> well, I mean, I don't think there's any news worth talking about. You want to take us into the episode?
0: Uh, yeah, sure. So this week, we're talking about season two, episode 13 of The Bad Batch, titled Pabu, The Team Takes Refuge and Finds New Allies. Charles, what is one thing about this episode you liked and one thing you did not?
1: I have four separate notes on how fucking pretty this episode is.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: It's absurd. Like, I couldn't focus some of the time, like the first time I was watching it on my TV. I couldn't focus on some of what was happening because I was marveling just at how goddamn pretty this episode is. Like when I did my notes, I had to watch it on my phone so I could focus on what was actually happening. It's insane how beautiful this episode is. The thing I didn't like about it... It's it's hard to put my finger on it because I don't want to say it's slow paced because that's a feature, not a bug. That's intentional. I do think it ends in kind of a weird spot because you know everything's going to go wrong on this island. Like, you just know everything's going to go wrong here. There's no way they're going to stay on this island for three more episodes and then that's the end. So... When it ended, I was kind of like, is this going to be another two-parter? Are we just sort of setting up the end of the show? Like, I need some additional context in know, I'm not going to say it's a thing I dislike. It's a thing I need some additional context in, like, where does this fit in the grand scheme of things? Like, it's a nice little story on its own, but I know it's not going to be on its own. What about you, Bradley? One thing you liked and one thing you did not.
0: Um, Well, one thing I liked about the episode, like, like you said, I think honestly, the episode was quite beautiful. I really liked I love an ocean scape. I love any kind of island, you know, esque thing. I thought the beginning of the season started pretty strong with the island opening. And I kind of felt like it was kind of stuck in that one episode and we didn't get any more beautiful kind of island life, you know, scenery. So this one was nice kind of to pull it all back in. I didn't love. Well, I have a few things are stupid small things like obviously i didn't love that pabu wasn't about a tiny little fire ferret and it was about these stupid green monkeys instead that was a nitpicky thing and then i didn't love that clearly the people of this island know like what is going on with I don't know, I, I the earthquakes or whatever you want, the quakes, I guess. They like, or it's something there's that a, they deal there's with.
1: There's a strange lack of preparedness in like right. the plot when reasonably by what we've set up, visually, it doesn't make sense that they it do this unprepared. Sense. Right, I have a so, note about I have a note about that, actually. Okay, I won't point. get too much into specifically, it. I will call out something that logically within the plot, they should have known to do much okay, earlier. So
0: I won't get too much into it. But basically, what I did not like about the episode was essentially lower Pabu. I did not like the idea of Lower Pabu. It didn't make any fucking sense in the context of the plot if you would know that there are earthquakes slash tsunamis or whatever in this in this universe. Um, ok. But that's pretty much it.
1: All right. Well, I mean, let's let's dive into the episode. Let's get into and, it. Like it's a beautiful tropical beach. I guess we're on vacation at this week. Apparently, you recorded. Was it Andor? I think it was Andor. we recorded basically the whole thing while you were in hawaii
0: yeah it was basically on scarif the whole entire i think that was
1: one of the reasons yeah. that we didn't <laughs> actually have any guests for Andor right up until the end right uh when we had resident historian aaron on was that we couldn't make the schedule? no i remember specifically we couldn't make the scheduling work uh because you were in the hawaii time zone yeah That's i remember right. this yeah. now
0: i was in the awful time zone <laughs>
1: Oh, you're having such a terrible time in Hawaii Yes. at your job. We'll get back to that job later. There is a fun Easter egg in this first scene, okay. uh, which I didn't catch. I saw Ryan from Force Friends Rewatch mention it on Twitter, made a note to ask him about it, and then probably forgot, uh, and then found it again while I was doing my initial notes for this episode. So the club that they're meeting in, in the beginning that they have the shootout in. That is called Club Lao Che. That is a, I'm just gonna read it directly from Wikipedia here because they just sum it up really well. The club shares its name with Lao Che, the opening antagonist from the Lucasfilm production, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, who ran a club called Club Obi-Wan, named after Obi-Wan Kenobi from the Star Wars saga. So in Temple of Doom, Lao Che owns Club Obi-Wan. Okay. And in this, the club is now called Club Lao Che in reference to the guy that owns Club Obi Wan in the movie.
0: That's a super meta reverse meta. Wow, that's, I don't even know what you call that. What is that? That's called?
1: so self referential. Yeah.
0: Part. Yeah. That's like a double it's, reference in itself. I'll,
1: I mean, I love it. I, <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. I don't love the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom movie. There's a hot take. I don't like that movie. I think yeah. it's uh of the original 3 Indiana Jones movies, it's the weakest to me. Yeah, that's a reference to that. That's fun. Uh the guy that Fee and Omega are negotiating with is named Lance Crowder. Do you know who's voicing Lance Crowder? Uh did
0: you recognize I'm gonna say,
1: that voice?
0: Is it just a, a a someone who is just a very recognizable person in this <laughs> cuz I don't remember. I'm
1: going to say this name and you're going to know this guy. Uh it it's Steve Bloom. Steve Bloom is voice. Steve Blum is voicing. I think it's Blum is how you pronounce his last name. Apologies, uh, Steve, for for <laughs> not knowing how to pronounce your four letter last name. We are famously bad with names here. Mm. Yeah, this is Steve Blum. He is most well known to Star Wars fans as the voice of Garazeb Aurelius in Star Wars Rebels, but yeah, he's also popped up fucking everywhere. I know him probably as well as if not more then gary zeborrelios as the voice of ogren in dragon age origins and dragon age awakening as well as gorham uh fine crafts direct from Orzammar guy in Denerim. Uh, he is also in mass effects 2 and 3 he is the voice of grunt uh who is one of the best companions and fuck you if you disagree with me and you're wrong and i love him and he is my boy so that's who's voicing lance crowder <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) he's just a voice acting mainstay he has 850 voice acting credits
0: love that for him
1: the man's a you name a thing the man has been in the thing
0: so not to segue or not to get off track for a second but oh please I have very
1: few notes on this
0: just because I I love to do that so he's the voice of Zeb so theoretically is he going to be the voice of Zeb in Ahsoka
1: wink wink nudge nudge we don't so Zeb is one of the ones I'm not going to go too deep into like rumors and speculation all that because bradley just you specifically avoid this but i've not heard anything about zeb being in ahsoka
0: isn't that weird like every other rebel character but not this one
1: uh weird that they would take the one who who has a a gay husband now uh and not bring him into the plot (laughs) uh looking at you dave (laughs) <laughs> why why are you why are you removing the the gay ones from the plot dave what are you doing here where are zeb and callus dave
0: <laughs>
1: don't don't get me wrong i'm really happy to see chopper and sabine and ezra but where right. are zeb and callus dave
0: of, of course you can't where have rebels reunion without
1: <laughs> exactly i'm just saying it's weird it's weird is all yeah, it is. yeah, I've been scrolling through his credits for the entire time we've been having this conversation, and I am only down to 2015. So that gives you an idea of just how much stuff this man has been in. And yeah, he's he's been in other Star Wars things. N- mainly, he's a lot of voices in Star Wars The Old Republic. So there you go. Did that little artifact look like a, a Roshir tree to you? Because it kind of looked like a Air tree to me.
0: Don't know what that is. Um... Uh, it's
1: the Wookiee tree okay looks like the wookie tree
0: got it it just to me it looked like a bad ceramic tree so i was like oh okay
1: okay well i don't know if the bad ceramic <laughs> tree is supposed to be the wookie <laughs> tree on uh Kashyyyk, got it but uh, that's what it looks like to me <laughs> i also thought it maybe kind of looked like the one on uh on the island that we'll get to later but uh that was my first thought when i saw it but we don't have time to dwell on that because they tried a poison fee it doesn't work and what do they pull out, Bradley? What comes uh, slithering out?
0: But it's the same little centipede that tried to kill Padme one it's time. It's the
1: little, it's the little centipede <laughs> from your favorite Star Wars movie.
0: Yes, it really is. That I grudgingly
1: is. acknowledge. <laughs> what yeah, are these,
0: those, uh, what are they
1: called? They are called Cohoons.
0: Cohoons, okay.
1: They are Kohuns. Love them. They release one to, to go and zap her. Yeah. They're the same ones from Attack of the Clones.
0: I I love them. I love them.
1: The ones that make no sense, because, like, your droid is right up at the window and has, like, (laughs) carved a hole in the window, (laughs) that like, with a clear angle down to the bed. Just shoot her?
0: Yeah, it doesn't... Just shoot her! No, where did I hear? There's a story that I heard of, like, uh, it's the whole, like, seven degrees of separation of killing Padme.
1: The the... Oh, yeah, I got into, well, I didn't get into an argument. I had to correct someone on Facebook the other day about this, because they had posted the text from that, Palpatine wants Padme dead, but he doesn't want to do it. So he sends Count Dooku, but Count Dooku doesn't want to do it. So he <laughs> hires Jango Fett, but he doesn't want to do it. So Z- he hires Zam, but Zam doesn't want to do it. So she sends a droid, but he's the kicker. The droid doesn't want to do it. So he sends bugs. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, first of all, Palpatine wants Padme dead, but wants Padme dead at the appropriate time. Palpatine has nothing to do with this whatsoever. Secondly, it's ambiguous in the movie itself, whether or not Count Dooku actually wanted her dead. He's the one behind it in the movie, but he's not the impetus. He's doing it for the guy that everyone forgot is actually the one that's responsible for the assassination attempts in the movie. And it's Newt Gunray. Mm. Newt Gunray is like, I will join the separatists if you kill Padme, and Duke right. like, fine. Like, in the deleted scenes for the movie, which are still, I think, canonical, he basically goes to her and is like, hey, like, we'll let you go. You just have to get Naboo to, to join the Separatists." and she's like, eat shit, and he's like, okay, get to go into the arena now. Loves it. Uh, yes, but I, the problem with being Facebook friends with me is I now have access to correct <laughs> all your Star Wars memes when they're <laughs> wrong. <laughs>
0: i Uh, just find it funny
1: uh those of you who are in the divas podcast discord with me imagine that but even worse (laughs) that's just who i am as a person yeah i I, my immediate thought when i saw those was oh bradley's gonna love this you
0: know i love it because one i mean obviously it's a throwback thursday to you know attack of the clones but it's also like i love how dumb the idea of these centipedes are because how how are they like how like how do you direct them to somebody or how do you like tell them who to like fucking kill they're fucking bugs like they're going to do whatever they want to do like let's so see if how Wikipedia do you know they're not going to go after answer.
1: you let's see yeah, if does, it has an answer are they are they like nope. semi no no answer no absolutely no answer it says semi- non-sentient
0: and, so yeah uh okay they, they're well, pack stupid.
1: hunters and I don't know.
0: Okay. Well, again, it, dumb as fuck, but I love him.
1: Dumb as fuck. It's very Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, very it's Star very, Wars. It's very very cool, but don't stop to think about it. Absolutely. Uh Tech is playing a little game on Gonky, uh which is fun. I just liked that that he's mm-hmm. playing the he's playing the game against himself. I didn't see which game. Uh, I didn't bother to check. Tech swoops in and I have a note here. Oh, the plan seems to have worked.
0: That's because we didn't see it? Because <laughs> we didn't see them talk about it. We, we jumped we in in media's
1: it. res. We yep. never saw them talk about it. So it all seems to have just gone it off all without a hitch. It has gone perfectly. Yep. Uh, they got the artifacts, they got the money, and they all got out of there relatively unharmed. Love that. Uh, so kudos to the Bad Batch for pulling off a heist in Star Wars with no complications whatsoever. It's because fee's there. And Fee's so much smarter than all of these people. Speaking of Fee, uh, Fee like has a conversation with Hunter and Tech, and is like, "You know, Omega really needs friends her own age." And I'm like, "Okay, um, where are Hera and Gunji?"
0: Yeah, cause we've already met people her own age. So we've we met people like... <laughs> her age.
1: Is she is she just not talking to them? Is Omega can Omega not answer a text message? Is that what this is?
0: I guess so, because they're technically still in hiding, I guess. So she doesn't have, like, a secret Facebook that she can, like, send messages them, or something.
1: She gave both Gunji and... uh, Well, she definitely gave Hera her private comm frequency. And oh, then okay. she gives it... Probably gives it to Gunji, I think. Hmm. It, yeah. It, maybe, but clearly spends enough time on there that on Unkeshik that he she learns how to meditate from him so i don't know why why she's just not communicating with these other people she's met but okay i was hoping to see Harris and Dula again but i guess not guess not fuck me i am my expectations i guess so my next note is lol they ghosted sid
0: um we definitely saw this coming i just love that they've kind of essentially traded sid in for fee because They're clearly helping Fee. they like Fee, and they're like, hey, like, we'll just help you once in a while, and then she's like, wait, y'all not talking to Sid
1: anymore? Oh, is there drama? Is there drama (laughs) that I didn't know about? Um, the fuck? Excuse me? Okay, this is juicy, let's go in on Mm -hmm. this hmm i do love that they just straight up ghosted sid
0: absolutely and i like how i like how uh fee is talking about how she's like y'all you do not cut ties with sid like that is not what you do because sid cuts ties with you you don't cut ties Uh with Sid, you know uh i've
1: i've heard some speculation that next episode we might see the ramifications of this
0: yeah i was feeling that from especially since literally what she says is Sid is a useful ally, not someone you want to cross. So, i.e., they have just crossed her, essentially. And so, therefore, she's going to not necessarily turn them in, but essentially give away the fact that they're around or tell somebody about them or some kind of way to hunt them down, I guess.
1: I have a different theory. Okay. I think the Empire is going to track the Bad Batch back to Sid. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to show up at her bar... And they are going to tell her, give them up. Tell tell us what you know about them, and she's going to say no, and she's going to get killed.
0: I love that you think that Sid is that <laughs> redeemable. I, I think she's
1: going to have that moment of being mm-hmm. like, I am going to stick out my neck. For them, mm. and then she gets shot by crosshair.
0: Love that journey that you think is gonna happen. <laughs> However,
1: look, I I, I think Sid will die. Believe, I just don't know that it. I want to be, believe like, in, in Sid, okay? I want to believe in Sid. I I I need to hold on to this for this. <laughs> nah, something bad is gonna happen next week. I can. Yeah, for sure, bones. for sure. This episode was way too fucking saccharine for for things to not go completely fucking dark. Uh, my next note, which I will quote verbatim: Holy fuck, this anime! Is so pretty is when they first arrive at at, at Pabu the island. Mm-hmm. Several notes here about how good fucking pretty this place is. uh We we are introduced to where Fee's storing artifacts. It's a place called the Archium. Uh, I only have note down here the note that that name rules. Uh, I mm-hmm. assume we'll see more of the Archium as time goes on. Now that they've seeded it.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I think that that's a. Uh... It's, not, it's like a lead in for like, oh, here's the place where all artifacts are stored or all like rare treasures. And so now in other media, they can be like, oh, we went here. Oh, we're going to go there to go get that magic book or whatever, you know.
1: You know who'd fucking lose their mind in this place? Dr. Shelly Leona Afra.
0: <laughs> I'm t- maybe that's how they introduce her, you know, and she's like breaking in and trying to steal some treasure or something. I don't know.
1: Absolutely. That's that's what needs to happen. I'm feeling it. She she just needs to roll up a, while they're off doing the plot. She just kind of <laughs> sneaks in and steals artifacts and sells them for money. Because <laughs> Shelly Afra is not a good person. <laughs> she is a bad person. <laughs>
0: And I love that.
1: I love, I love her (laughs) journey. She's she's delightful speaking of things that are less delightful it is time for whose goddamn white baby is that the Ooh. part of the show where I a white person tells you how after watching it on my HDTV in the dark how white these people are and we're back to doing basically okay okay like they, they I looked at them and I was like it it kind of a mixed bag on this one yeah. uh because on the one hand when they're in the direct sunlight really only tech looks in like to me right i was like tech stands out as being several skin tones lighter than the others hunter it's hard to tell just because most of his face is tattoo now i will say that um when they are next to people who are closer to what really should be their skin tone mm-hmm. it's a little jarring how light they are but because I think Shep is a little closer to the skin tone they should be if they're going to match Tamara Morrison more closely. I had that.
0: I had that same thought when I was watching. I was in, like, I was like, yeah, he looks like Tamara Morrison. Y'all
1: look fine if you squint, and then yeah. Shep shows up and it's like, oh, that's kind
0: of like what they should look like. Yeah,
1: that's what you should look like, and you don't look like that, and that's issue. It that doesn't look and it's good. Funny.
0: Because when you mentioned that, I also thought the same thing of Liana. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of what Omega should look like." Even if you it's gave closer. her blonde hair, yeah, yeah, it's like, closer
1: than than what Omega is. Like even with my episodes, and I'm like, "Yeah, they're looking pretty okay." Generally, for the ones besides Record, I kind of have to squint to do that. Yeah. It's just, you're trying to fix them, but... It, mm. like they're almost being
0: too safe with the fixing, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, they... I feel like you were right, and they had to go back and fix some of these later in production. So they're, like, trying to tweak them as much as possible without right, completely but they don't want it to, messing yeah, up. But they don't, they don't want, want to do push too much, it yet. too far. And I'm like, eh, mm. So it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine, this episode. I, I,
0: I give it a B-. minus.
1: I'm gonna give it a C plus. Okay, uh, some of the, the tech, thing, but okay. some of the tech shots have him look real pale. I'm gonna yeah. give him a C plus. Uh, it's not the same thing if you're my parents when I was in middle school. <laughs> there is a very big difference between a C plus and a B minus. Mm-hmm. I actually was grounded for B minuses.
0: That's so funny. Actually, where I went to school, it was like C plus B, like our. B minus then B, like then like there was like this weird like B was like at one point difference between like this B minus and the C plus. Like
1: American grading systems are fucked. Stupid. Uh just like the skin color of the Bad Batch there you in you show. Uh yeah, this one's fine. It's definitely definitely better than the early episodes. I will give them that definitely mm-hmm. better than the early episodes sure. not as good as it should be so i'm gonna give them a c plus for this one and i also think that
0: like what they'll now what they can do is after this show or after the season is over if they decide to which we pretty much can predict they'll do a season three then now they can kind of turn
1: it now up they can tweak three. it more right yeah, because get we're not gonna notice it, get it it more as over much, get it more you know, over yeah. closer to where it needs to be right yeah uh, speaking of Shep and Liana, who I'm constantly misspelling in my notes, <laughs> Shep Hazard, spelled like Hazard, but it's pronounced Hazard. Shep Hazard is being voiced by Amari Williams. Now I looked through and I couldn't really find a lot that Amari Williams had been in that I recognized. Uh, IMDB seems to think he's most notable for being in Demon Slayer. I most know him as various voices in the World of Warcraft series. He was in the original World of Warcraft back in 2004. It looks like it was his first acting gig it was actually in 2004 on World of Warcraft. Nice. He has been in one Star Wars thing that I could find before. He is the voice of Pershi in Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens. Nice. So random side character, he's the voice of that. Uh, other than that, his work is entirely, almost entirely voice acting work. And it's a bunch of anime that I haven't seen and a bunch of games that I haven't played.
0: I'm also Leah? seeing... Oh, oh you're seeing also...
1: something you want to bring up?
0: Yeah, because I uh, guess what Amari has a cartoon Disney trifecta.
1: Oh, really? What does he, he
0: does? He so now he well, obviously he's in the Bad Batch. He was in the TV show Spider Man in 2017. There was a Spider Marvel a Disney XD Spider Man show, I guess. Um, and then he's also a voice in the uh, Zootopia short TV show uh, called Zootopia Plus. So, there you go, Uh, that's... That's awesome. I should
1: mention that with 847 acting credits, Steve (laughs) Bloom also probably has a a trifecta. Oh, he probably does. He's voiced Wolverine in something. He's voiced Norman Osborn in something. He's obviously been in Star Wars. Let's see if he's been in an officially licensed Disney thing that I can find.
0: Yeah, let's do it real quick, because I don't see anything... Oh, the Owl House.
1: There he is. is he's he's in the Owl House. That counts. Yep.
0: OK, there that you counts. Go.
1: We're going to say that counts.
0: That counts for me. Uh, so All right. Bloom
1: Also obviously has a Disney show effect yeah. for uh, animation. Liana Hazard is being voiced by Andy Allo. Uh, mm-hmm. Andy Allo doesn't have a lot of acting credits. The only thing that she's been in that I recognize is Pitch Perfect 3.
0: I also recognize her from uh, Upload on Amazon. Um, if you haven't watched that, it's pretty good. So, so there you go.
1: That's who's voicing Liana. Cool. Uh, Omega goes, her reaction to seeing the ocean is wow. And my reaction is also wow. This is so fucking pretty.
0: But I also want to know why her reaction is wow, because she saw an ocean in the first fucking episode.
1: Never like this. Never with this view. She points this out later that she grew up surrounded by water in Camino. In episode one, she's just kind of on the beach. Here she's got this beautiful panoramic view of the island and the surf. And there's, like, if you look at it, there's, like, sand dunes, and it's, like, this gorgeous picture. She's never seen anything like this before. Okay. And I've never seen anything like this before in Star Wars animation. My I've god. Never seen, I've never
0: seen anything like this before in real life. It looks better than real life.
1: Right? Like, good god, man. This is fucking gorgeous. You know what else is gorgeous, Bradley? What? What? Uh, The Spotify ad that's going to play uh, right as soon as I'm finished talking that we definitely did not just record (laughs) 10 minutes or 30 minutes ago uh, when we started. And we're back.
0: (laughs) I hate you so much. God. Oh, oh my
1: god. Oh, now I'm gonna have to
0: like now when I go and upload this, I'm gonna have to be like shit. Now I gotta remember the part where you he actually the said thing. that. Yep.
1: You gotta note it so you could drop it. You know this is why I do this is to annoy you. <laughs> it's my little way of irritating you every time I remember to do it mm. is to to poke at you a little bit and we gotta keep Bradley on his toes. We gotta give you something to do, you mm. know, during your work day, because you definitely don't have enough on your plate already. Exactly. Uh, so we meet Mr. Inta. Inta, I think, is is his name. Also being voiced by Steve Bloom. Gotcha. Uh, that's that's who also voices. I wrote the name down before I double checked it, thinking it was gonna be some like legacy voice actor. No, it's just Steve Bloom again. Who, in fairness, does have eight hundred and fifty voice acting credits. So like Here's incredible. <laughs> I could not fucking tell this was Steve Bloom, which is because all the roles that I know him from: Grunt, Ogren, and. Uh, Zeb, all kind of sound-alike.
0: Mm, yeah, kind of gruffy.
1: Kind of gruffy, like, yeah. gruff voice. Because Grunt's a Krogan, Ogryn's a dwarf, and Zeb is a Lasat, and they all have mm. this kind of gruffy voice thing going on there. I'm Ogryn, and I'm gonna get <laughs> drunk and make a piss joke. <laughs> That's my best impression of Ogryn. He's a very interesting and nuanced character who also gets drunk a lot. <laughs> I have no segue. Moving on, let me pull up the mini rabbit hole I just went on. Okay, so they eat sushi.
0: I love that for them. They looked really good.
1: (laughs) And my first thought was is this the first time we've seen sushi in star wars oh was it and i double checked as the thing charles did not research before we started recording i had to race off and double check it um and sushi is already canon it has appeared one other time uh in the episode senate spy from the clone wars uh anakin and padme have it for dinner that's hot. I'm pretty sure right before she is asked to spy on Rush Clovis or I think, I think he asks her to do it in this episode. I know that later on he's going to get really mad and there's going to be some really fucking bad writing and those episodes are actually going to be pretty terrible despite containing all of the banking stuff which is some of my favorite stuff. Uh, but yeah, the sushi is apparently what they're eating, uh, in the dinner scene that they have together in that episode.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And now it's here, we get full-on, beautiful, rolled sushi.
0: I mean, I guess it makes sense that they eat a lot of fish, because they're surrounded by the ocean, they don't really have any other kind of forms of meat, It makes
1: sense!
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess so.
1: Like, it makes sense. Anyway, Tech makes a joke, which is really weird, but it, like, goes to show that... It goes to show that like tech is more comfortable now because he's actually making a joke so i think that's pretty neat that tech and all of them seem comfortable and there's multiple instances where they they just seem really comfortable on this island which is really cool i find it interesting that omega speaking of them being comfortable omega never really has been like at peace like this since the show started i think that We've never, even the times we've seen her kind of laying low or like relaxing for a minute, it's never anything like this.
0: Probably because of the monkeys.
1: It's probably because <laughs> of the monkeys. Well, it is the monkeys <laughs> that them in on it.
0: Right. Yeah. They're like, oh, she's never met a monkey before. So clearly. <laughs> <laughs> what's the
1: laugh and they're kind of right because i I, right. Stopped, I stopped to think about it i was like
0: she's never laughed before
1: have we heard her like there's times where she's been able to relax to an extent right. but yeah ever since they went on the run she's never really gotten a chance to like feel safe and comfortable so i thought you know, that was really cool i also thought it was really cool that the animation team continues to just show off they're, st- they're continuing to show off. Because seriously, the nighttime, the transition from day to night, when everything comes on on the island, gorgeous. Unbelievably gorgeous. Hunter did say that um that he's concerned about the Empire showing up, and they're like, ah, oh, if the Empire shows up, we'll deal with them.
0: Yeah, but how? Like, they, that? I didn't like that part, because it made me go, like, okay, you guys are on a remote island, and you're like, well, the Empire doesn't have any interest in our sushi island. But then it's like, you... Don't, you underestimate the Empire. They're willing to fuck up anything, especially for Sushi. A, he does
1: make a good point. He does say that it's, there's no resources and it's out of the way. Right. So there's no reason to establish a base here because there's no hyperlanes that they need to, that they would need access to. Right. There's no real resources. There's really no need for the Empire to come here. And I'm like, that is a, that is a pretty good point. You are grossly underestimating the Empire's reach, but there's no need for you to come, for them to come for you a year in two. That's true. The empire existing. Now come talk to me in about 15 years.
0: Right. We're still in the very early stages. We're still in the early yeah. stages.
1: There's people like there was that, that governor back on Desix who thought that like genuinely thought that the empire would leave her alone if she just did this one thing. And I'm like, Mm-mm. I think you understand. Uh, you misunderstand what the word empire means. Right. Uh, speaking of Hunter, my my next note is, of course, Hunter senses its first Mm, yeah. Because he- he has he's the superpowers, senses. Yeah. So he's gonna- I like whenever Hunter gets to do his Hunter thing. I do like whenever they remember that he's supposed to be like, super sensitive. Literally. <laughs> Literally supposed to be super sensitive. Right. I do like that. But he senses something bad coming. He senses a CSIRD.
0: Now, I want to know why. Maybe it plays into the fact that in real life, you know, tsunamis or whatever are, you never know when they're going to happen. It just kind of happens all of a sudden sometimes.
1: You um, get a little warning, but we're we're going to talk right. about that.
0: I, I want to know why, like, there's no setup for this, like, thing that happens. It just kind of seems to happen out of the blue. You know what I mean?
1: He brings this up. It's, it's for plot to happen because he's like, yeah. the early warning system should detect it. Uh, and then the early warning system doesn't, like, goes off right then right despite the fact that very clearly uh there was at least some warning because of the monkeys and Mm -hmm. everything went quiet no it's it's so plot can happen essentially um okay now i did look to see if sea surges are an actual thing and when i googled sea surge uh that did not pop up uh however a storm surge is a real thing it is the uh from uh, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration.gov. It is the abnormal rise in seawater level during a storm measured as the height of the water above normal predicted astronomical tide. The surge is caused primarily by a storm's wind pushing waters ashore. So if this were a storm surge, it should not be happening like in, I don't think it should be happening in like the clear sky as like it currently is. It's when a storm comes in and the wind pushes all of the water onto the shore. This is a tsunami that happened. And we know this because the water starts receding, Mm -hmm. which is, in real life, what happens when a tsunami is about to happen? Right. If you're on the beach and the water level suddenly drops drastically, get the fuck off that beach. <laughs> get as far away from that beach and to as high of ground as you possibly can. Right. Run. Run away. So that that is accurate. Uh it was a little unclear to me like what was causing this. Right. It
0: just seems to be an earthquake and then it's like, oh, now there's, there's like a tsunami, there's yeah. like an
1: earthquake and then like I guess if there was a, the problem is if there was a fracture offshore or like a fissure that could have like yeah. shifted between the plates, then it should have happened quite a wide ways out. Like for there to have been an earthquake on the island and then this thing pops, this wave has enough time to build this massive thing basically immediately. I'm no geologist and I'm no like plate tectonics <laughs> specialist, but this doesn't seem right to me like i mean i'm struggling to put together the level of events this is what i'm like as a human person this is what differentiates me from my other podcasters this is what bothered me because i was like wait a minute how is that working exactly it's like oh big wave they get to do the thing No, no no back up geologically how is this happening right like is there a plate like off sure but it's also close enough if the plate moves you're getting an earthquake to herald the tsunami which comes in really fast which they do come in very very fast once they actually get going i'm not sure how much time there is between the water receding and and the tsunami showing up in real life uh certainly don't use this episode as a guide right but mm, this is just who i am as a human person i guess i guess my problem with it
0: Was just that he had mentioned. He's like, "Oh yeah, we haven't had a problem in three decades." And it's like, "Yeah,
1: the thirty years, which they've built all of Lower Pabu in thirty years."
0: And you didn't plan for sea surge, like
1: you—you knew this was a thing. It was only thirty years ago. You're at least thirty, my guy. Like, yeah, you do not look like you're in your twenties. You look like you're in at least your thirties
0: we're we're spending too much time on geology and tsunamis but let's get to the actual tsunami
1: (laughs) yeah so a tsunami comes in i don't have a lot of notes for the rest of the episode i'll be entirely honest because it's mainly just yeah i mean this is well directed it's tense it's exciting yeah um all the water here is is just showing off because you know water is one of the most difficult things to animate Mm
0: -hmm. so they're just showing off
1: we do know because people have said that water is very hard to get right. Uh, but they got I think, this one right.
0: I think fire is harder than water, but that's just me.
1: Fire is also, I think, pretty hard to get right. I think water is harder to make move naturally.
0: That's true, but I also feel like with fire, you're like you know when fire is fake on TV. Like, this is not know. a
1: question. This is not a question for us, uh, right. animation experts. <laughs> Animation experts, at, at, at me on Twitter and let me know whether fire or water is harder to animate.
0: <laughs> the the, uh, the at, real. At, at gold
1: squad gaze, settle this. Uh, which one is harder to animate, water or fire? Uh, I'm going to get like a million tags now. <laughs>
0: Anyway, long story long, they evacuate everybody. Long story long, they evacuate everybody. This
1: was what bothered me. I'm going to, I'm going to, so there's a moment where, and tech are running up and tech's like, oh, they're not going to make it in time. And Fee's like, well, why don't we deploy the emergency ladders? Hold, hold on.
0: The wooden emergency ladders.
1: No, 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 because this has been going on for several minutes. You've had time to evacuate, basically, all of Lower Pabu at this point. Um, Why didn't you deploy these sooner?
0: Why didn't the, when the alarm goes off, they
1: automatically deploy? Well, they're rusted over. Oh, uh, okay. Is, is why they'll, they, they do say, they do explain why they didn't automatically deploy, they're rusted over, they have to be manually pried out. But Fee, if you knew these things are there, why did you not send someone to, to open them immediately <laughs> uh, like yeah you knew these you had these systems in place and then you didn't use them so we can have more dramatic tension i don't know that kind of bothered me a little bit but the right re- i mean it's one of those things where the episode overall is so so good that yeah you don't some really of these things didn't really care. bother me they only did because i'm a nitpicker uh so yes that did bother me that it took them way too long to deploy the the ladders Uh, I also I also thought Shep was going to die. I really thought he was going to get taken out. Uh, Yeah, like he was
0: going to sacrifice himself of some kind.
1: So that was nice. Um, Those are literally like some of my only notes on this section? There's really like nothing else uh, for that whole evacuation section. It was good. I had it was was tense. I liked it. I liked that Omega was much more prepared compared to Liana. uh, Thanks to her time with the batch. All that was really nice. There was a debate a couple of weeks ago in the Divas podcast discord that I don't think I participated in that much, but I was watching unfold as to how long a rotation is. Because uh, earlier they in the season, they sort of implied that a rotation is like a day, like it's about a day, like a Coruscant standard day, uh, or just a local day can also be a rotation. But now they're like, oh, it'll take several rotations to fix the damage. Hold on. It's only gonna take you several days to fix the damage. You have people Ugh. weeping in each other's arm. And the, the implication is supposed to be that, oh, there's been all of this damage and these people have lost things, but the Bad bats are gonna stay and help. And the word you picked is the word for day. Like it's gonna be a couple of days.
0: So, rotation must be weak.
1: But then, why is Crosshair on Camino for like five months?
0: He's an asshole. You he's out gotta... there for 32 <laughs> rotations. Oh, 32 like, weeks? Oh, yeah. He's been there not like 32
1: right. weeks, and I'm like, you were on that there for doesn't seem right. Six months?
0: Yes, like one month makes sense, on, but not on, six. 30, yeah.
1: 30 divided by four. Fuck me. I literally do math as my day job. That is my literal job, is to do math. Uh, 30 divided by four is, I don't know. Cell phone it's seven or eight. Oh uh, right. yeah. Do you guys not have phone?
0: Yeah, that's but what everybody's yelling phones. at us right now. They're like, You don't have do a phone, not, you can't just type it in. Do you not real quick? have a
1: phone? Um, it's seven point five.
0: Okay, but we're also implying that a week is seven days in Star Wars as well. So Oh for god It could be eight days, it could be four days as a week. You we don't know. I give like, up.
1: I give up. We're no, yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. Done. No, that was a great series finale to the bad batch fantastic there are no more episodes the rotation thing is annoying me so much i feel it growing like i can feel it starting to claw out like if i don't put this aside and leave it alone (laughs) it will be another five minutes of what is a rotation and i've already gotten so aggravated i just whacked my podcasting mic
0: so how do you feel about the series finale of the bad batch just now like what Uh, do you think you
1: know it was a great series finale (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, really really good series finale there are definitely no episodes crosshair is going to be tortured forever on tantus right. but that's i'm all not that happen. sad about that um right would have loved his redemption gun. yeah <laughs> would have loved to have he sort of got it but like yeah that's not really though end of the story i yeah. uh, would have loved to get some closure on the sid thing but i kind of understand it why they didn't and, and yeah they just lived happily ever after happily on ever Pabu, after. and nothing bad happened the end yeah <laughs> Anyway, um, so my final thoughts on the episode is that it was good, it was very pretty, um, good lead-in to where we're gonna go probably for the final three episodes, kind of weak on its own, like, I'm not gonna lie, a little bit weak on its own just because I think I'm used to the faster pace when it comes to The Bad Batch, but it definitely made use of its, its time. Uh, it didn't waste a single minute, so that was good. I, I liked it. It, it's a very, uh, lo-fi beats and chill episode what about you Bradley final thoughts
0: um I have to agree with you I, I think the beginning was pretty strong like it had a very nice like fast paced kind of opening and like this adventure that we're already in the middle of you know um and then we kind of got a little bit more fee which is always nice uh I, i'll never complain about more fee um yeah overall I, it was a solid episode i i think you're right i think this is just leading it's it essentially like i've been saying it's the calm before the finale essentially because literally um it was it's the finale's next it's the next three episodes essentially and the next one will probably be more of a lead in um to the actual finale but it'll be Setting up, you know, the really big stuff that's going to be happening. So I'm excited.
1: Awesome. Uh, This is the way.
0: (laughs) This is the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is there one little reference to Mando in there? Well, uh, I know I have I have pluggables. Uh Bradley, do you do you want to plug something this week? Yeah, you
0: always do you get, feel get to plug. You're contractually
1: your... obligated to. You to plug get something? to
0: always plug for Light and Dice, and you know what? I was feeling left out this week, so I decided. You know what? I'm gonna plug something. So for those of you who don't know, we've talked about it before. Obviously, my day job is working in you know production and i was working on a show last year called Queen's Court. I also do reality-based television for my jobs. So, i wanted to plug that show uh, i just aired yesterday on Peacock um as of recording. Um so for those of you who will hear this on Monday, it'll be uh you know a few days it'll have been on Peacock. I think the first two episodes are on Peacock right now. It's called Queen's Court. Uh you know featuring
1: Now this is this is trashy reality television this right? Is, That's this is... the audience we're going hardcore
0: yeah so if you are not into the bachelor or like reality tv of any kind um don't this is for our real housewives girlies yes if you love bravo if you love all that shit then this is for you okay i promise you you'll (laughs) love it it's dramatic it's crazy uh tamar braxton uh you're gonna love this shit i promise so if you're into all that stuff and you are a bravo queen please go watch uh queen's court on peacock i had a lot of fun making it It, we made it here in atlanta um it was so much fun and hopefully you know season two let's go
1: now what what series were we recording when you were working on this show bradley do you remember which one we were doing
0: that's it was right before hawaii or it was like a month before hawaii so we were i don't think we were doing i think we were still doing uh tales of the jedi no
1: uh we did tales of the jedi after andor because i think you we did, did. Hawaii, you're and right andor. we did uh were we do was that our in between when we were when we were filling time
0: maybe in i don't, Obi- even, honestly. And andor? I don't uh, maybe know honestly i mean we were doing obi-wan
1: we might have been doing obi-wan
0: we might have been doing obi-wan i don't know honestly here's the thing it doesn't matter it all <laughs> all star wars is good star wars it all blends together to me it all bleeds um, together that's right. Awesome. But go watch it.
1: Go watch. Go and watch Queen's Court. Um, I will probably be watching it later, mostly so I could live text Bradley and make fun of him, uh, <laughs> which is what I do when we're not on air. And you can also, as mentioned, listen to me on For Light and Dice, uh, the High Republic TTRPG podcast. We just recorded the finale of the second arc, uh, and it all came together really well. Uh, that should be, at time of recording, uh, that should be just starting, that play session should be just starting to air, uh, provided everything is uh, is going smooth there. So keep an eye on for Light and Dice and check out Queen's Court, now streaming on Peacock. And I guess we'll continue the shameless self-promotion by having Bradley run the socials. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze. Did Charles fuck something up?
0: Send us a message at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please join us next week and every week for more of
1: Gold Squadron Gaze. Do you have anything to say about the Sorry, I just, press? all
0: these cars keep the people that are drag racing outside um, and not the fun kind. They need to be uh, drag
1: racing inside by watching RuPaul's Drag Race, now airing on MTV. I'm not gonna promote that.
0: <laughs> RuPaul,
1: give me enough. a check. I will promote, I am a corporate sellout. I will promote whatever you want me to promote if you give me money. Like, there are very few things that I will not show for if you don't pay me give me a check i will sell whatever you want
0: <laughs> i don't know where i don't know where to go from there
1: look i'm 32 i have to transition from just being a regular whore to being a corporate whore.